Hey guys, I don't know if you're like me, but I love Count the Dings and everything it has to offer. I just can't find everything I need. You know, I know about Cinephobe and I know about the mailbag and I know about Bomb, but that's all we do, right, I mean? No, we do so much more. What? Yeah, absolutely. If you sign up, patreon.com slash count the dings, you'll find a plethora of other content, fresh content, extended content, the OG pod overflow, the Cinephobe cold opens that we've taken and made their own thing to live only there the re-watchingtons bomb and it's full Ooh. and unadulterated cut early drops of cinephobe episodes and so much more said the og pod now is it new or is it old mace i'm glad you asked that it is a new incarnation mm-hmm. of the old og pod oh. so it's me zach trey Waz, tom i love those guys just like we always were going back to the true hoop days mm-hmm. we're recreating that magic recapturing it and putting it back out we're talking hoops we're talking pop culture and most importantly we're talking for 40 minutes for free mm-hmm. but then another specific patreon exclusive segment for every one of those episodes funny enough about that og pod you're getting tom and trey on mondays you're getting me and waz aka zosny on wednesdays a means floating in between i'm a floater you never know when you're gonna get a mean in those so you gotta listen to them all and what if i'm not sure what maze looks like because i've always thought he's a fat man with a fedora he's got a weird voice how can i see for myself what this maze character actually looks like it's crazy you don't know the answer to this mm. because it's the cinephobe pod youtube page what the ct5s on the cinephobe pod youtube page you can look at all of us you can get all the og pods on youtube too at count the dings one on youtube at cinephobe pod on youtube patreon.com slash count the dings gets you everything all in one feed you can link it to your spotify and now enjoy the show Hey, listener, Zach Harper here, Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. Also, fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Here's how it works. The Pick'em Game. Pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. How big, you ask? I'm so glad you asked that question, listener. You can win up to 100 times your money in a single night. Pick between two and five players. Build a pick'em entry. You can also do rivals picks. You can put like Tyrese Halliburton and Jalen Brunson against each other. And whoever has more points, more assists, more rebounds, whatever you want to do, that is your rivals pick. I would maybe go with Jalen Brunson in these playoffs. By the way, in the regular season, Jalen Brunson, scoring tear, going higher on his point totals all the time. Joel Embiid, whenever he did actually play, higher on his scoring totals all the time. Victor Wembanyama for the next 15, 20 years, here's a pro tip for you. Take higher on the blocks. That's right. So you're probably wondering, how do you sign up? Oh my God, listener, you are full of good questions today. Sign up with the promo code DING, that's D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick First time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. $250, man, that's a lot. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with our code DING, D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick and first time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. Must be 18 or older, 21 or older in Massachusetts, Arizona, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Arizona, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. That's 1-800-639-8783. Or text next step. To 53342. New York, call the 24 7 Hope Line at 1 877 8 Hope and Y or text Hope and Y 467369.
Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the latest edition of The Woke Worlds. Of course, I'm your co-host, Big Waz, a.k.a. Wazzy Lambray. Nando is out this week with some sickness. You know, that man been globetrotting. They, they giving him all kinds of shit in Spain and Europe and all over the place. So he couldn't be on today. But luckily, man, we got friend of show... Um, he's a columnist at Jacobin Magazine. He's the host of the Give Them an Argument podcast. My man, Ben Burgess. Welcome back, brother. Hey, thanks, man. It's, uh, it's been a while. I'm, I'm glad to, you know, buck the tread as an Anglo and uh, take that <laughs> person's job. I love it. Listen, um, the reason why I wanted to have you on, Ben, yeah. is because I always like your commentary on the left issues that are not so easy to articulate, right? It's easy to be like, yo, we're pro-labor, pro-union. Obviously, the Amazon union should happen. Obviously, Starbucks should happen. Like, there's these issues that we it's so obvious that we need to be on the side of. Um, everybody kind of understands that, but I always appreciate your analysis of tougher issues like say crime, mm -hmm. right? Where, um, the issues of crime, um, are something that is associated with people on the left that we would consider part of our cohort, poor people, mm -hmm. working people, um, some of the people on the fringes of society, and there could be sort of a conflict there, right? Mm -hmm. Um, we, Crime often happens to our cohort the most, and the people committing these crimes are right. our cohort the most, right? And I always appreciate your ability to articulate a vision of how we should be thinking about these more difficult issues. Because like I said, that us versus them cheerleader shit, it's so easy. You know, it's not very hard. Um, but these other things um, are. And last week, had my boy Ethan Strauss up here to talk about the situation with um, the brother Neely who died in the subway was killed um, in the subway. This guy, uh, obviously dealing with mental health issues, um, came to a tragic, his life came to a tragic end. Uh, yeah. And, you know, like, I thought this might be one of those New York stories that sort of comes and goes, but this thing seems to have legs. Um, and it seems to be grabbing people's attention in a way that is unique to most stories that we hear. And I have so many feelings about all the things involved, you know, not one of which being how people have tried to shoehorn race into this. And not to say, again, this is America. You can't you can never completely dismiss race sure. as a factor. Sure, right. This is America after all, but I think, man, like I think to concentrate on the race part of this completely misses the point. Yeah. And I think it's it's the trap that a lot of people on the left fall for. Um, just before I start even asking you some more pointed questions, what was your overall feeling about the entire episode and the reactions from, you know, people like AOC, uh, the, the people that are protesting in the subway yeah. shutting down? The subway the other day, um, obviously the cops. Like, what's, what's, what's your overall feeling about this thing? Yeah, I mean, I guess two things. One is just... Hello, listener. Guess who's back? It's me, Anthony Mays, your favorite butcher-turned-podcast producer, and I'm here to talk to you about ButcherBox. ButcherBox is the most convenient way to get high-quality meat and seafood that you can trust delivered straight to your doorstep 
free shipping, vacuum sealed packaging. It's ready to go right then. It's ready to pop in the freezer. You get exclusive member deals and a variety of high quality cuts at an amazing value. Going to the grocery store can be a huge pain. You're usually in a rush at an inconvenient time. You're waiting in line at the meat counter. You're taking a number. Maybe this place doesn't have a number. You're jostling with fellow customers. You're trying to get that ribeye that you want or that nice piece of salmon. Maybe the butcher that you're dealing with has a bad attitude or something. I don't know. That was never me, I promise. But maybe it happens. Butcher Box takes all of that out of the picture. You are always prepared with meat and seafood in the freezer, and you're not going to find quality for this price anywhere else other than ButcherBox. So sign up at butcherbox.com dings, D-I-N-G-S, and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com dings and use code dings, D-I-N-G-S, to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. That it's horrifying what happened, that this, this guy... This guy was killed. This, you know, was murdered. You know, on the the subway. And I and I don't think we should. Whatever else we say about it, whatever we say, complicated. I don't think we should let that part go because it's not because, uh, if you put in somebody in a chokehold for that long, um, yep. then I you should know that there's a really good chance that you're going to kill them. Like that's uh, this has come up enough times before, you know, with like police incidents and all that. That like. People should know that, you know, that, uh, and so at best it's, it's just, uh, you know, maybe the guy who killed him didn't know that he was just being completely reckless and, and, you know, and, and it's manslaughter, but the, uh, but, uh, but you know, that's, that's a horrifying thing. And it's a horrifying thing that everything that happens in America immediately becomes a culture war issue, but it's after it happens and people have to take sides and people have to own whoever they think their enemies are, uh, which means that I have seen people, you know, mostly people on the right, you know, who have, who have seemed to kind of justify it, you know, and, and, uh, and, and that I think, I don't think we can have like any tolerance for, for that at all. You know, that, that I, I don't, I don't think there's any justified this, that you know, you can't like somebody who doesn't, um, unless somebody like somebody who's not from everything I've seen, like actually laid hands on anybody in this situation, uh, however scary you thought there would be. And I mean, like, like you can't do this, right? That's one thing. But then the other thing is that I think that if you just stop at that, um, I, I think you're missing a big part of, of what's going on here because there is also an issue about the, about, mental illness and uh and poverty and people not getting the help that they desperately need i mean like like the fact that um you know this this guy is being um that you know he's been in and out of the system in various ways for for a very very long time you know by by the time this this happens that uh you know he he is in that uh, I'm, I'm sure 
you know, sometimes, you know, like, like I had, I don't have any trouble believing that people actually were frightened, you know, in that, in that moment. Yeah. Like that's the kind of thing that happens. I mean, you know, like I never, never lived in New York and I lived in New Jersey. I spent a lot of time on New York subways. This is not like a, a it's the kind of thing that happens, right? They, that's, uh, and, and I think that, I think there's this thing that we fall into on the left sometimes. It's really unhelpful where we sort of say, well, like the, the sort of good progressive thing to do is just to like not be bothered by any of it. Like they, and I, I don't think that's helpful. That was the first, that was the first thing that I wanted to tackle. Um, so uh, I, I basically live on YouTube, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's what I do to, to channel surf. And so inevitably I end up consuming a lot of our own friends' work, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, a clip from Majority Report surfaces and Emma Viglund, who somebody who I consider a friend, especially, yeah. you know, professionally and in our circles, somebody yep. who I'm a fan of straight yep. up. Right. Yep. And she was talking about this and she was like, yo, you know, one time I was on the subway and some dude was having an episode and, um, you know, uh, I got elbowed in my grill, like basically got elbowed and hit in the face. And, you know, I had to move, but I was like, it's cool. He's kind of having his episode and just moved on. Uh, and I was like, look, I was like, look, man, I'm glad Emma was able to keep her sure. composure in that instance. Sure. But when I heard her saying that, I thought about my own aunt, my mom, rest in peace, people who would take the train every single day going to yeah. work, you know, a 58 year old woman going to her nanny's job. I don't think she should have to be cool with getting hit in the face by a dude who's having an episode on the train. That can't be the solution that we sort of just be like, no, this is fine and it's cool and let's move on with our day. I'm not trying to come at Emma. This is somebody I got immense love and respect for. But I was like, man, I don't know if I could ask the people in my family, specifically the women in my family to just be like, it's possible that you might be physically assaulted on the train today and you, you should be cool with that. No, I mean, definitely not. And that's the thing, like, I think where we go wrong a lot of times and, you know, and I think, um, you know, I, I, I watched that clip that you're talking about and I saw people arguing about it and look, Emma's my friend. I think that she, uh, I, I think I get what she was trying to say in that moment, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think going, going to the larger subject, you know, like, I, I think it's, we do this a lot. Uh, like, uh, I mean, another friend of mine, uh, in that, in that world, uh, Anna Kasparian had an incident where, uh, where she, uh, was, uh, you know, she was walking around on the street in LA and, uh, a disturbed homeless guy, like basically grabbed her and, and, and sort of, you know, fully clothed, but sort of like thrust at her. And in this uh, way that I think was really disturbing, and when she talked about it uh, on, I, th I think she mentioned it on her show or she mentioned it on Twitter, I saw people kind of reacted to this like, oh, look at Karen here. Like, you know, is, is, is like, you know, scared of, you know, That's, so and, and before it's you not like, okay, right? Like, like, like you can't. You can't expect people to just be okay with this stuff. That's, that's the, okay that's, this is the problem with some people on uh, the left. And, and, yeah. and again, I don't want anybody to think I'm coming at Emma. Sure. I love her. She's great. 
I'm not talking about her right now. I'm talking but, about some people on the left. <clears throat> they always they always forget that the purpose of this enterprise is consensus building, coalition building. Exactly. How are you going to bring people on one of one accord with the messaging being get fucked up by homeless people on the street? Yeah. How the fuck are people supposed to rally behind that? No, that don't going- make no type of sense, Ben. I'm sorry. What the fuck are you talking about? No, exactly. Like that's that's just obviously like not gonna happen. And you know, and I think that there's this thing that um like I think it comes out a lot of ways. I think that when people are talking about crime, I'll see people say that any sort of like expression of concern or alarm you know about about crime rates is like just propaganda they'll point out it's like oh it's like still lower than it was it's still lower than it was in the 90s it's like yeah okay but um if you know like if like a bunch of people lose their health insurance at the same time you would be like yeah but there's still more people insured now than there were before Obamacare right like you'd you'd still see it as a problem you know you'd still uh and this is something that if you, I mean, certainly if you look at like any polling, I mean, like the majority of the people that we would need to win over to a left platform to actually build that kind of, you know, coalition that you're talking about, uh, do see this as a big problem. I mean, that there's, uh, like, obvious. you know, <laughs> that crime, crime is like a big concern for people who live in working class neighborhoods where they're worried about crime, right? That this is, I mean, this is even like, uh, and, 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 and this is the thing too, yeah. man. Yeah. We we can, like we cannot make Anna and Emma the avatars for this issue that sure. we're talking about. Sure. Like yes, you and I can recognize that. Like, and this word gets thrown around just yeah. disgustingly all the time. But yes, these are fairly privileged people sure. who um can be identified as white, uh, sure. who have public voices, like. Uh- they are not the avatars for this issue. No, I mean the the most most people who are you know who spend the most time about this like are are not any of those things, right? Like that this is, um, and I think the disconnect is often crazy. I mean, like this is uh, so. I always think about you know these polls where they'll specifically ask black voters, "Do you think the police presence in your neighborhood?" is not enough too much or about right and the uh and the too much is always by far the least popular option and even though the same polls people say uh, you know cops can be racist and abusive and they want reforms and all this stuff right yeah. but like bottom line uh people uh who live in high crime neighborhoods are are worried about crime which we should expect and even when it comes to people you might think of as a little bit more middle class uh, you know, you're still talking about people who are in what we would think of as the working class, people who we want to wing over to our politics, mm-hmm. and uh, and both those people and and people who you know who are much poorer. Like, okay, so I remember um, that last uh, back in like the fall, uh, there was a point where uh, the uh, there was this article by Jacob Silverman in the New Republic that was uh, where it was about like David Sachs, but he threw in this paragraph where he mentioned uh, Anna, he mentioned me, and he mentioned our favorite Spaniard. 
uh, and, uh, and, and he, he quoted things that we, that the three of us had said along these lines and described us as people who may have once considered themselves leftists, but now, you know, can't continent <laughs> the site of homeless encampments. It's like, you can't continent the site of homeless encampments to me, that's the side of a broken society that's not meeting people's material needs, right? So that's yeah. one, right? Just on the, like, like you, this, this site should disturb you. Uh, it's, it's horrified that like we have these debates where it's like the, the more progressive option is this like dystopian neoliberal option. Just, oh yeah. Just let them sleep in the park. Right. They'll be fine. Uh, and then two, like, look, realistically, most people with families, uh, want to be able to do stuff like take their kids to the park. Uh, yep. and you know, they, if they see people who, you know, sleeping in the park they see people who often are mentally ill people who you know often you know have have addiction issues like you know that that's going to be something that they're going to see as a concern and if we set this up so okay the right-wing view is just like bring the cops in there and like you know bust people's heads and then the progressive view is just stop talking about it just just just, yeah, just, just like, move on with your life just stop this deal with it. situation. That's that's yeah, we're, that's we're gonna lose every time. That's that's absurd. Um, yeah. and like you said, I'm so this is this is why I love talking to you, Ben. Like, how can you say this is anything but a failure of the state? Yeah, and um, their puppet masters who basically influence them, right? Yeah. Uh, and and so when I think about New York, honestly, and I think about unhoused people, and I think about the lack of um, care that we have for people that yeah. have mental health issues. You know, the first industry that comes to my mind is the real estate industry, who is extremely powerful and in influential in New York City. And who, by the way, this is the thing about yeah. real estate that's like a little different from tech in like places like the Bay Area. Like, so not that I think this is true, but yeah. like if you're Meta or Google or whatever, you could say we're not drafting upon San Francisco, Oakland, the Bay Area itself in order to create our billions. Mm -hmm. You know, we're making software like fuck the fact that you get all your students from Berkeley and and and, and Stanford and all of that. But they can kind of credibly make the argument that they are they're not um drafting upon the place that they're at in order to be who they are the mm -hmm. real estate interests in new york the reason they could charge these absorbent rents and uh freaking sell condos for the ridiculous prices that they do make the absurd yeah. profits that they do um yeah. influ um peddle the amount of influence that they do is only because of New York. That's it. It's not your incredible architecture or you you made these great homes or whatever. It's because all of this shit that people associate with what is in New York City. That's why people want to be there. I.e. the people, the shit in New York is what you're drafting upon to make your fucking profits. So to my mind... Like when it when it's an issue of housing, this yeah. falls directly at their fucking feet. This is their problem. This is their fuck up. 
And they're the ones who profit from it the most, more than anybody else. That industry that tells the mayor what to fucking do. Super Absolutely. duper funded by those folks. Like, Absolutely. so to my mind, when people, when I see this shit on the train, I don't see this as a failure of liberals or conservatives or Democrats yeah. or Republicans. Uh, yeah. It's beyond that shit. Yeah. No, definitely. Uh, and, and I mean, the sort of basic thing is that, I mean, obviously, um, the, this, like, if somebody is, is, screaming and you're, you're scared that it might go beyond screaming you know they're you know they're like acting in a way that's disturbing obviously putting them in show cold is a crazy overreaction that's not okay but if our response to this is oh you know you should just like uh just be cool right like you, you don't have to like 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 just don't be bothered by stuff like this uh one you're kind of accepted a really grotesque reality that like everything that you know certainly everything that you know i care about as a socialist i mean that like i want a society where everybody's material needs are met you know everybody's treated equally and if somebody doesn't have uh the housing they need uh somebody doesn't have the uh the mental health you know services that they need you know they, they don't have uh, you know, if, if they have addictions, they're not, you know, they're not in the treatment they need, right? That's like a, that's a profound failure of, of that society. That's an injustice. I don't want people to get used to it or be okay with it. And so that's one thing. But then the other thing is just practically, look, you're not going to, you're never going to win that argument. Like, like if you're, if you're just trying to like shame people within a certain kind of left media sphere or left Twitter into like towing the line because they don't want to get yelled at. Like, okay, that might work. But if you're trying to appeal to all those tens of millions of people that we would need to appeal to, to like actually have a chance of, uh, of, of winning over a majority and taking power and doing the things that we want to do, you know, politically, and I'm not talking about, you know, like, as you say, it's bigger than Democrats or Republicans. I'm not talking about like, which like presidential candidate gets 50% plus one of the vote i'm talking about fundamentally realigning american politics in the way that we're going to need to if we want to even get health care never mind any of the more radical things that you and i want so um i think that if you're going to win that kind of overwhelming majority like you're just not going to do it that way like you're you're never going to get most working class people to just be fine it's, no it's cool you know you're you're you know like uh you know, your sister had like a really disturbing interaction with, you know, with like a mentally ill guy on the, on the subway. Just, just, you know, tell her to stop whining about it, right? I mean, like that's that's <laughs> not going to be so, an effective response ever, right? Like what we need to do is to talk about how the but, things that we want would lead to a society where this, this stuff didn't happen. But but here's the thing. Here, here's, here's what I think the conflict arises, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know if you saw this story. This is months ago. Um, and it was because it was just a caricature of the left uh, and this lady's walking her dog in Park Slope, Brooklyn. Some dude yeah. comes along, attacks the dog, murders the fucking dog. Yeah. They have some neighborhood watch kind of thing and leftists or purported leftists show up and say, basically, the guy is fine. Who cares? Like, you should basically get over the fact that a dude attacked you and killed your fucking dog on the street. 
right? Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. No, I, I saw that the uh, that there were people like in the like neighborhood Facebook group or whatever were like trying to identify the persons they could uh, they could get them, and then there are people who like in the responses who want to talk about like oh you know four hundred years of racism and like absurdity you know, the criminal justice system. And I it's mean, then like, Ben, no, ben. that that can't be what the left. That's that's not the left. No, that is some lunatic fringe that to me that's the storm front of the left i'm sorry yeah. you are insane so this is this is my thing and people could say uh, that fringe element could call me callous or whatever uh, i think there are people who fell through the cracks unfortunately yeah, in yeah. society and because they fell through the cracks they have a propensity to fuck up life sure. for people who aren't the ruling class, who yeah. aren't decision makers, who are just working and living in the society, they have the op they have the chance to really wreck their lives. Crack them, if you will. Um, I'm sorry, like the people that fell through the cracks, I hate that it happened for them, yeah. but they can't be out here killing the dogs of our people. I'm I'm sorry. You can call me some jackbooted thug, Gestapo, whatever. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Those people have to be dealt with. I think we need to create a system by which in the future, more and more people are being saved from falling through the cracks. That's yeah, what we need to be working on. But in the meantime, we cannot wish away these cracks. They exist. We have to live in a society. We have to deal with them. And if we're going to build coalition, it's not going to be by pretending that the dude that attacked this woman in Park fucking Slope and killed her fucking dog in cold blood is completely fine. We can't tell people that we're cool with that because that's going to come up. When you say, yo, man, this is what the movement's about. All right, well, what do you guys think about that shit that happened over there uh, where the chick's dog got murdered and everybody? And some people thought that was cool? You one of those people? Yeah. Fuck no. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and I no, never will be. I think that's I think that's very well said. You know, we, we want a society where fewer and fewer people fall through the cracks, but you know, you can't will away the existence of the cracks right now. I think that's exactly right. I I also think it's like, look, nobody's really consistent about this because you can't be like you just can't like live the world be consistent about it. I mean everybody like everybody wants people to be punished for some things, you know, like I think oftentimes like, you know, people will sort of carve out some weird exception in their head for like more sexual crimes or for, you know, police violence, right? Mm -hmm. They want, they, they want like cops who, who brutalize people. Yeah, to, to hang. yeah. 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 Uh, and you know, Hey, so do I, but like, you know, that's like, that's come on. Like, like what's the standard here? Like you have to, uh, I mean, so if somebody is, um, you know, I mean, if somebody is just engaged in day-to-day -day violence that, you know, that, that like destroys the lives of working class people, I mean, like that can't, you know, we can't be indifferent to, to that either. I mean, I think it's, I think it's like, there are people who will say like, oh, I'm like a, you know, prison abolitionist. I don't think anybody should ever go to prison who are like, yeah, no. you know, to, to, to be that. We ain't there you know, yet. No, that yeah, that's like being like, I, I mean, at best, my attitude towards that is like somebody who's like a, you know, Amish person who's not really really willing to fight Hitler in World War II. I can sort of admire it, but like I'm I'm, I'm not on the same page with you, right? And I think yeah. that um, I think that uh, 
that what we do need to talk about is look, uh, people obviously their people should be on the streets. In some cases, that does mean prison. In some cases, that means uh, mental health care, uh, which uh, you know might not be voluntary. And we can also mm-hmm. talk about how the rules are set you know, for for that because I think there are mm-hmm. real problems there. And also, by the way, I mean, I think that since it is a factor, you know, in a lot of uh, of the problem that we're talking about, I mean, not necessarily the case we started talking about, I don't know, but like is, is a problem in a lot of other cases. Also, addiction, uh, you know, it, it's a lot of people don't want to hear this, but it's like, you know, if you've ever known an addict, the number of the number of people who are addicts who will voluntarily seek help is is very low. Right. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's not going to, you know, you need to, you need a system that pushes people into treatment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, but the, the long-term thing that I, I want to focus on too, is like, okay, look, we shouldn't be like, if we're going to be the crazy people who are like, oh, you're, you know, perpetuating 400 years of injustice. 400 years of slavery. If you want to. This nigga killed the dog. Yeah, exactly. Right. You don't want to be those people. Uh, but like, also, look, here's what I think we can say, which is that if we have a more reasonable society, we can have our cake and eat it too here. That they, that like, uh, can we like do without, you know, incarceration? Totally. No, of course not. But like, uh, there are plenty of places in the world right now, you know, that really exist that have way more lenient criminal justice systems than the U.S. does, and also way less violent crime. Of course, uh, because uh, because they're you know they don't have the crazy combination of wealth and poverty that the that the U.S. does. I mean, that there's the like if you just start like you know people at home want to like, like disturb themselves for a couple of minutes, like just start googling like murder rate by country. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, you'll be amazed, like, when we have these conversations about, like, oh, okay, it got a little bit higher, but it's, then it went back, and it's still way lower than the, the 90s or whatever. Like, the rate of violent crime in the U.S. has always been crazy. Uh, and the that's the reason the rate of violent crime in the U.S. has always been crazy is that we live in a really unequal society where a lot of people are not being taken care of in a lot of ways that they need to. And, you know, if you look at, you know, places like, um, you know, the example I always use, think about like Norway, like every once in a while, there'll be something where like an American journalist will go to Norway. They'll like look inside a prison and be like, oh, my God, this looks like a dorm room. Uh, and, mm-hmm. uh, and like even like Anders Brevik, right, the mass shooter will eventually get out of prison because, you know, there's there's only a certain number of years you can sentence people to prison for so that's like a much more humane criminal justice system than the u.s but like also it's a way way safer country and the, the way that you can have both is if you have a big welfare state and strong unions and you create a more equal society and i know there are people who want to say that it's kind of like norwegian genetic magic or something but it's really oh not my god get the magic. fuck out of here man it's so it's so stupid it's just like if you if you lose a job you will yeah. not your life will not fall into desolation yeah. it's that simple exactly. it's very simple you you make it so that nobody will ever really truly fall on hard and desperate times Exactly. You know, there will be a job for you. And that job will be enough that you can have an apartment. 
It's really that fucking simple. Exactly. That's it. That's it. You know, and if you, um, and if, and if you need to go to the doctor, uh, yes. that, you know, you'll be, it's fine. You'll, be able to, you'll be able to do that. You know, it's, it's you like can they, get your medicine if you need it. Yeah. Most, you know, most developed countries breaking bad would have been a very short and very boring story. <laughs> yeah. Healthcare wouldn't have been an issue. His cancer treatment would have been straight. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. It's just it's just crazy because I happen to have a few friends. One, I work for a Swedish company. And two, um, I have a lot of Swedish friends um, in L.A. Like a few. I shouldn't say a lot. And um, when you just talk to them, it's just like the things that they take for granted. It's like, no, they love it in the U.S. because they're doing mm -hmm. their thing. Right. Like so they're able to if you're able to support yourself in the sure. U.S., it's great. Sure, of course. Um, and they're doing their thing, but they're just like, nah, we don't got none of this shit in Sweden. Like, nah, we don't. You you don't got crazy medical bills, and you know, if you decided you wanted to be a lawyer, or if you you know whatever, like, nah, we don't we don't just charge people for everything. <laughs> no, no. I mean, actually, there's a book from a few years ago by Aru Bertanen. So she's a Finnish uh, journalist who. Uh, married an American guy, I think, and moved to the U.S. Uh, and it's called uh, The Nordic Way of Everything. And she's not like a leftist or socialist or anything really, right? I mean, she's just like a normal Finnish person. And um, and she uh, and she talks about just being shocked when she got to the United States by seeing what she thought of as like pre-modern relationships of dependency between uh workers and bosses between uh between like adult parents and children you know that you'd have to like you know because like you know oh you need your like your you know mom and dad to like pay for college you know you uh, mm -hmm. uh between you know husbands and wives because people you know like don't leave bad marriages in this uh, ridiculous country sometimes because they can't like lose their health insurance you know that yep. they mm -hmm. and it's all just like toe forward to her experience and, and again, the thing I'd emphasize is, you know, there are, um, you know, there are a lot of people who uh, who want to say that that's about anything but w what it's obviously about, right? That like, you know, like they'll say, oh, well, those are like really different countries. So you're like, okay, but like, what specifically is like the difference that matters here? Uh, I know, I remember Nathan Robinson. I think it might be in his new book has a line where he calls the, you know, he's like, it's like a you might as well say the U.S. can't have these things because we don't have fjords, right? I mean, that would make about as much sense as any of the rest of this. You know, that like, uh, no, it's not like, oh, it's a smaller country. It's like, what? Okay, but like somehow we managed to like arrange like Medicare for old people throughout the whole country and that's okay. Yeah. We couldn't do this. Mm -hmm. you know, like that's, uh, it, it's all silly. It's not like anybody who wants to tell themselves that it's like, oh, you know, that it's just like that they just have such a advantage, you know, it's just like that there's something just innately nicer about Nordic cultures. I would just say, well, take a look at their entire history up until the 20th century. And, you know, you might change or just like watch the North Man, right? You know, from, from uh, last year or whatever. <laughs> like it's, they're, not, they're not like innately nicer people. It's just that they managed to get these things because, you know, strong labor unions, socialist political parties, you know, they actually managed to like... And you know what? I And I would be willing to uh, listen to arguments of uh, 
Well, you know, it's like uh, the homogenous nature of the ethnic makeup of the society makes it so that it's hard to find, to demonize an, an other. Sure. Right? Where it's hard to be like, man, those particular kinds of Swedes don't deserve health care. Like, it's hard to make that argument when everyone sure. is the same. I'm sure. per, I'm persuaded by that. Like, the powers sure. that be can't, you know, sort of propagandize the people into thinking that certain kinds of Swedes um, uh. don't deserve, uh, you know, health care or free school or whatever when everybody's just Swedish in a certain uh. type of way. Um, and, I, and I realize how facile that is. But, you know, I don't discount the, the role that our racial history plays sure. getting people to understand the importance of implementing a different way of doing things. I'm, I'm, I'm sympathetic to that. No, to that I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a way that like, you know, cause when people say, Oh, that's different. Cause that society is totally homogenous or whatever. It's like, okay, sometimes a lot of the stuff's a little exaggerated, but whatever, there's some truth to that. Like, okay. But I think there are two different ways of taking that. One is, that like somehow that means that like it wouldn't work or something, you know, and then the other one is what you're saying, which is that makes it easier for people to, uh, to politically to like stop it from happening in the first place. And yeah, that's true. Right. Like it makes it easier to stop it, but like also like, you know, that's not a reason to, you know, that's not a reason not to push for that stuff. That's a reason yeah. why it's, that's a reason why we haven't won yet. And, you know, that's a reason. Yeah, to like, it's know, a reason why we haven't won. It's not a reason to quit. No, no yeah. absolutely not. It's it's it sort of explains why we haven't gotten there yeah. yet. But it's definitely not like, oh, yeah, there's no point because, you know, racism is just stupid. Yeah. You know, um, um, uh, I, I think bigger problems have been solved. Um, for instance, slavery. I know it took like uh, millions upon millions of deaths, <laughs> but we managed but, to end yeah, slavery. But, but, but we did it. And like, and, and even like, uh, exactly. Uh, or, exactly. Or even like more recently, like uh, I did Jim Crow. I did that's uh, right. Like I, I read. Uh, so Adolf Reed has has a book came out like a year ago uh called the south about growing up in louisiana you know and kind of the the died years of 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 jim crow and what that's like and all that and i think that's like a lot of uh his point in that book is that like this is uh a lot of people are sort of very invested in this narrative that oh basically nothing has changed it's like no a lot's changed like that's like 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 the we essentially had a successful revolution in this country like at a time when like you know my parents were alive, right? Like that's yep. uh, that like that recently. Uh, and that should be a good indication that we could fucking do it again. I mean, that there's 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 no like things like all kinds of things seem like they they're just gonna last forever. Like you know, they just don't. Man, Ben, thank you for coming on with us today. Please tell the people where they can find you and your incredible work, my brother. Thanks, Ben. Uh, so yeah, right uh, for Jack and uh, sometimes the Daily Beast, uh, there's uh, and have a Substack called Philosophy for the People. That's BenBurgess.substack.com, and the show is Give Them an Argument, and that's uh, every Monday night at eight Eastern on YouTube. My man, Ben, thanks for being on. Um, make sure you guys subscribe to the Count the Dings Patreon, patreon.com backslash Count the Dings. That's how we're able to pump out this amazing content for you guys. We'll see you guys next week. Peace out.
Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live.